from ABC News Radio, KMET 1490 in Southern California. This is Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with your host, Tyler Jorgensen. Welcome out, everybody, to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. This is your host, Tyler Jorgensen, and I get the honor and the privilege of interviewing Dan Paulson today. Welcome out to Hello. Biz how are you? And you're coming to us from where? Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. Sunny, gorgeous Madison, Today Wisconsin. Today it is. Normally yeah. it's cold and snowy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, um, I don't know, people out here in California, I think, have a, a misconception of how beautiful that area can actually be. You, you, uh, I think you posted some pictures recently that showed um, just some mm-hmm. awesome, awesome scenery. Out. It's very green in the summertime, yeah. which is kind of nice. And we're in the part of the state that's got rolling hills. And yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Awesome. So Dan, you are the uh, founder and president of EnvisionBusinessDevelopment.com. What, uh, what do you do at Envision Business Development? Well, I do a lot of things. Primarily, though, is helping business owners, uh, much like yourself, get out of the way of their business and help them grow it. Um, what I have learned over the years is that business owners, because it's their baby, tend to focus on all the minutia that goes on in a business. And even though they have employees, those employees aren't utilized to the best of their ability. So my job is to come in and help them figure out how to get out of their own way, get on to doing the things they want to do and allow the business to grow as it needs to. So how did you get into this business as a business? How did you, did you just wake up Uh, right out of college and decide, Hey, I'm going to help other businesses. (laughs) I wish it was that easy. No, it took me about 12 years to figure out what I want to do when I grew up. Um, Primarily what happened was I worked in corporate America for a number of years, worked with several large multi-billion dollar companies and discovered that I didn't like playing corporate politics. That didn't work for me. And I saw a lot of things that corporate America did right. And I also saw a lot of things that they did wrong. So my goal was to really, um, when I launched this business, take all the things that worked in corporate America, try to extract the politics out of it, and then teach business owners how to be efficient, but then also how to manage people effectively. how to get things done more efficiently. And, and that's what led to this. And so for the last 12 years, I've been out here working with business owners doing that. So as uh, as Biz Ninja, I've been starting to kind of put together a battle cry of what mm-hmm. the Biz Ninja is. And one of the things I've realized is that um, self-employment is one of the greatest lies in America, <laughs> where people think that being self-employed means freedom, means, be- means that you're an entrepreneur, means that you uh, you're running your own business and you have all this freedom and, and all these things. But for many people, like the ones you're describing that are getting in their own way, what they're actually ending up with is a, a business that they can't leave or can't, walk, can't take a break from, uh, employees that are frustrated by their leadership, and a paycheck that is probably less secure and maybe even less than their, their former jobs. Right. So how do you come into and and remedy that? How do you help people get out of their own way? Well, uh, I guess I learned from my own mistakes. So when I was working in corporate America, I was also trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up. And that led to launching a number of different businesses. And at one point I was working full time and I was doing two different businesses on the side. In the end, I was making money at none of it. And, uh, (laughs) Other, other than losing sleep, maybe getting three hours of sleep a night, right. it wasn't getting me where I needed to go. And what I ended up learning over time was that if you focus on one thing and you do that one thing really well and then surround yourself with people 
that can complement your strengths with theirs, you can really maximize your advantage. So when I launched this in 2005, what I started doing was working with the business owners, understanding the nature of their business, how things worked, help them create a clear path to then getting that business to grow. And a lot of that came from just the, the basics of, of business, if you will, uh, establishing a clear vision, uh, establishing clear values, making sure everyone understood them, making sure they coached their employees around it. Uh, from there, making sure that they, they also coached their employees and held them accountable to the work that they did. Setting in practices for follow-up. So when you allow somebody else to do something, uh, you want to make sure it's done right or done as close to what you would have done. Hopefully they can do it even better. But right. uh, a lot of times we assign people things, but we never follow up. And then when they, they make a mistake or when they don't do it the way you want, then we get upset. And then we take that responsibility back and just throw more things on our plate. And I'd see people do this over and over and over again. And the goal is just to break the cycle and, and do so in a productive way so that as they remove themselves from the day-to-day -day operations so they can focus on the business growth, people are able to take over and do those, do those roles as well as the owner would and hopefully even better. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, you started that by talking about how you made the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business owners take, which is that they start trying to do too many things. Now, for me, like I, I love the launch phase of a business. So I end up doing a lot of things as well. And one, I'm always trying to balance that. But what I, what I've noticed sometimes is even the entrepreneur who may only be focusing on one business is still spreading themselves too thin by taking on too many pieces of that business. Right. right? The, yep. uh, the doctor who's trying to do his own marketing, right? Mm -hmm. The, uh, the, the manufacturing, you know, CEO, who's also trying to be his HR team, right? Like, yep. so how, give me some examples of some, um, either, you know, types of people or some businesses that you've worked with and how you've helped them make these kind of changes. Sure. Sure. Um, one good success story I can tell you working with a, a very successful dentist. So here we are in the healthcare profession. Um, he was easily doing already more than than his uh, peers in a lot of ways uh, and doing it in a much smaller facility. So it was kind of cool. And as we sat down and talked, what we found out is that there was still a lot of things going on in his business that he didn't like. He was very enrolled in, in chairside practice, which uh, if you're a dentist, we might not think a whole lot of it, but when you're working on minute things and doing so for eight to 12 hours a day times four to five days a week, that can really wear on you both physically and mentally. So he wanted to be able to step out from his business a little bit and be able to grow it. And within a few short years, we were able to get him more help. So he actually started hiring associates. We built a new practice mm -hmm. and he's literally tripled his revenue. And this year he's going to step back from working four days a week to working three days a week. Now that doesn't mean he's not working in his business on those other two days, but what it does mean is he's able to work on his business. So he's able to spend time figuring out how to grow the business, not necessarily spending time chair side working with those patients. Yeah. You know, I've, I've met, um, like orthodontists that, that took almost the complete opposite role. They were like, I don't want to worry about any of the business. I just want to be a good orthodontist. And I think that's an okay choice, right? To say, I'm going to work for someone else and be an orthodontist. But if you're going to make the choice to be a dentist or to be and to own your own practice, own your own business, you have to remember you're a business owner. And, uh, and, and what I, I like to tell people is like, if, if you don't take care of the business, eventually you won't, be a, you won't have any clients to take care of. And then who cares how good of a dentist you were? 
right? right? Like if people can't find you and people aren't happy to be there and people aren't loving the atmosphere and mm-hmm. sharing the business and, and doing all the things that a good customer would do, then eventually it doesn't matter how good of a dentist you are, right? right? You can, and, yep. and that's, that's where people can get in their own way, right? Is where they allow the things that aren't their specialty to actually stop them from being able to excel in their best areas. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we all have a business to support our lifestyle. So making money is the, the simple part of it, I guess. But in the end, you know, why do you have this business? You want to spend, I, I know you're a family guy. You want to spend more time with your kids. You want to spend more time with your wife. Uh, you want to build an appreciable assets so that when you're not working, it's making money for you. Well, if you don't take the right steps, it's very hard to make that happen. So it's very important that as you look at a business, as you're looking at building an enterprise, what do you want to create out of it? And how do you want to be involved in that business so that you can spend time with your, your family? Uh, I have young kids. It's nice you know, being an entrepreneur and even applying the principles I teach others to allow me to spend time to go to my kids' track meet or to uh, see a play or to, right. to take my wife out for a weekend. You know, it's we get lost in doing the business that we don't, we forget why we started the business in the first place. And that was Absolutely. to provide a better life for our families. Yeah. It's, it's about building with deliberate intent, right? Remembering right. the bigger goal and remembering that, uh, that we weren't expected to be, you know, I think this is kind of the crux of the entrepreneur, right? The entrepreneur is willing to do whatever it takes to be successful, except not doing everything. You know, <laughs> and so like, I'll do anything. It's like, okay, I need you to do less. Oh, I can't do that. Right. And so, but if we, if we can have someone like you come in and help say, okay, look, here's where you need to, I, I love, you know, one of my favorite quotes of all times is without vision of people perish. Right. right. And so, and I, I feel that that's really true in business. Uh, mm-hmm. And from even just the individual entrepreneur to the company as a whole, um, and if, if, the, if the entrepreneur the, and the, the operator doesn't understand why he's doing it, right, and doesn't have a goal other than just a revenue goal, I think it's hard. Like you said, if you forget why you started it in the first place, when right. you get involved with a new client, like what's your first step? Uh, the first step is really get in and understand the business because everyone's business is unique and everyone also faces the same problem. So I first have to understand what is it that's unique about their business. And then from there, um, what are the, how are they facing the challenges and how are they taking on those challenges? Um, a lot of times what I'm dealing with is fear, is, is getting them to overcome the fear. Because as you point out, we don't want to let things go because we're afraid, well, if somebody else does it, it's not going to go well or it's going to fail. And if that fails, then it's going to cost me money or it's going to cost me clients. And really, it's our own involvement in that business that, that gets us wrapped up in it. So it's first understanding the whole of the business and how the owner is involved and what they're doing right, what they need to do more of, and, and what they need to change. And then from there, once we assess that, we can go in and start making those changes happen. We can start breaking that business down into parts and start looking at each thing that, that we need to adjust and, and start making micro adjustments. So it's not turn the ship around tomorrow and we're going to do everything different is let's figure out how to make minute changes that lead to great big changes over the course of time. Sure. And what we're going to do is within a few weeks or a few months, move the needle quite far and get these guys focused on the things that are important and get them working on the right things. And, and then also in that process, get their employees working on the right things and build in the accountability so that it's getting done the way it should. 
right? So it's like, it's the concept of marginal improvement, right? Marginal improvements, but made time over time over time become mm -hmm. massive, massive. Right. There's a graph that, you know, floats around the internet where it shows 1% increase on a daily basis versus 1% decrease. And, right. you know, after a certain number of time, I mean, it, there's a 1% decrease isn't massive, but the increase is exponential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, you wrote a book once, right? Tell us about that. Sure. Uh, I wrote a book. It's called Apples to Apples, How to Differentiate Yourself from the Competition. And it really came, uh, it's one of those things that came out of a speaking engagement I had where I was talking to a, a bunch of bankers. So, so I was just, uh, speaking at a banking association. And, uh, you know, they're all talking about, well, how do we market ourselves differently? And I'm like, well, let's see, what do you market? You tend to market in interest rates and CD rates. And it's a constant losing battle because you can never be the cheapest and you can never be the highest paying out. So right. what, what do you do differently? And that's where they really stalled out is they couldn't differentiate themselves because they'd always fall back to quality and service. Well, everyone talks about their quality and service, but they yeah, it's banking in meaningful ways to right. really differentiate why one service is better than another. So what I did was craft a book that kind of looked at, uh, it looked at different companies throughout the years. It looked at Apple and and another um, other large corporations. Plus, it looked at a few companies that I worked for in the past, and and really what did they do to separate themselves. And then I, what I did was break it down into five tasks that take uh, a regular apple and separates it into a what I called a golden apple. So they're two of the same, but one is obviously different in a, in a multitude of ways. And then how do you implement these things in your practice? Awesome. So if you're going to compare apples to apples, right, you want to be the golden apple. You want to be exactly. the one that, yes, you're still an apple, but you're the one that is a far superior choice. Yep. The goal is to take the focus off of price because everyone wants to put the focus there. Yeah. Um, and entrepreneurs get themselves in trouble because they look at somebody who has way more resources they can and can compete at a different level. Um, and, and what I find is, while price is important, it's not the most important thing until you make it the most important thing. So right. how do you focus on the service model, but be able to explain the service model in a way that's different from what your competitors are doing? Right. Uh, how do you talk about the quality of people you have? How do you build a culture that uh, attracts the right people, retains the right people, and gets people doing the right things the right way at the right time for the right reasons? So it, it's a combination of all those things and, and the book kind of goes through a step-by-step -step process to explain how to do that. Awesome. What, uh, when, you know, when you work, when you're working with somebody and, uh, and you've gone through, you've done an analysis of their business, um, you know, is you when you talk to all these different people, like you said, they're all different, but they're all the same. What mm -hmm. are some of those other big consistent roadblocks that you get to come in and break down? Uh, time. You know, time is the one asset we have that is, is limited in quantity. You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. You get so many hours in a day, so many days in a week, so many weeks in a month, in a year, and so on and so forth. Um, one of the first things I do is start teaching entrepreneurs how to free up their time because I guarantee virtually everyone out there, I can show them how to get back about 20% of their time in a matter of a few weeks. And the reason that is, is because again, we're doing a lot of the wrong things as business owners and business leaders. So first of all, it's breaking down what are the things we should be doing, what are the things we shouldn't be doing, and also looking at how they spend their time. Email, technology, all these things that we didn't have even a decade ago or weren't as prevalent a decade ago have now gotten in the way and taken us over. I mean, it was what, 2007, 2008 when the first iPhone came out and that was really the first 
you know, full connectivity that, that right. most people had. Prior to that was BlackBerry, but you got a few emails and that was about it. Well, right. now you have emails, you have social media, you have video chat, you have messaging, you have everything across the board. And what I find is most people waste a lot of time doing things that are counterproductive. So how can we compartmentalize those things so you can still enjoy them if you want, or you can still utilize them for your business if you want, but do so in a more productive way instead of bits and pieces throughout the day that tend to eat up all your time and then take away from everything else that you're doing. Absolutely. I think some of the most successful entrepreneurs that I know, or, or mo I should say most of the successful entrepreneurs that I know guard their time very cautiously. Mm -hmm. they, they defend it because they know you don't get that back. It's, it's right. scarce. It's non-renewable, right? Money is, money is a renewable asset. Time exactly. is not. Um, and so they, they guard time more than they guard money. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I've noticed that they, those are the ones that tend to just thrive and just build yeah. quickly. And it's, it's in the same amount of, you know, there's somebody I was just talking with yesterday who in, in the last six month, six months, he's built a business that would rival what a lot of people have spent, you know, six years building. Um, yeah. And he did it by just cutting out anything that distracted him from that goal. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, being, being vicious in that. I mean, and turning down opportunities that were six figure opportunities along the way, cause he knew he was focused on a bigger, a bigger, a bigger yeah. prize. And, uh, and that's hard to do, especially entrepreneurs always think, Oh, I can make it work. I'll juggle that. I can fit that into, you know, and, yes. and task creep and time creep start <laughs> to take over. Um, and so, you know, you, you were in corporate America, you started kind of doing some consulting. Um, you started this back in 2005. I'm yeah. sure did the, uh, did the, the great recession, did that impact your business? Yeah, uh, it, it changed my business in a number of ways, uh, much like it changed everyone else's. And, uh, you know, you could look at the negative side and say, well, wow, I had, uh, you know, several hundred thousand dollars worth, worth of opportunities that in a matter of weeks literally dried up. Right. And the old crap meter kicks in and you have to figure out how to readjust. Right. Um, the plus side of that is, though, it allowed me to change my business in a number of ways. It allowed me to become more efficient. It also forced me to look at how I was doing things and what was working and what wasn't. So it changed my entire coaching model from the ground up. Uh, it even forced me to look internationally. So one of the things I did for a number of years was look for ways to expand my business outside of uh, the U.S. market and actually spent awesome. about seven years over in China. Wow. And an office over there. We were working with companies over there and in turn working with companies over here on understanding differences in, in business culture and also, you know, human behavior. And, and Which there's quite a bit. Uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do a, I do a fair amount of importing and, okay. um, manufacturing overseas. And I read once and tell me if maybe, you know, cause I don't know if this is actually true that many, uh, men in the Chinese culture, it's almost like a sign. You, it's a sign that you're not a shrewd business person, or if you don't, negotiate the price multiple times along the process yes there there is a lot of price negotiating that goes on um there is a lot of what we call the slow no which is uh in order for the chinese to save face they won't tell you no they'll tell you yes and, and things will keep getting drug on until finally the the relationship just dies off so interesting um, the slow no i don't like that at all <laughs> <laughs> i live here in the midwest there's a lot of slow no's but uh yeah yeah it, it just you get to experience a different culture, which then once you understand how a different culture works actually can help you 
uh, in your own culture in, in the U.S. here because you start understanding human behavior. Because in the end, again, we're all different, but we're all the same. Right. So we all kind of function in a very similar way. And what it allowed me to do is kind of bring that back into my business and and really change how I, I coach people and really on the communication style of things. Because while we all speak English, or in most cases, most of us speak English, um, we interpret things differently. And that sure. can lead to different outcomes. So how do you make sure what you're interpreting is, is the outcome you want? Um, it also led into, again, the accountability, follow up and follow through. When you got to work with somebody who speaks a completely different language than you do and, again, wants to save face and maybe will tell you what you want to hear versus what you need to hear, um, you have to learn how to be able to extract that out of people in a way that's not going to allow, going to hurt them or, or hurt you in the process. Yeah, that's interesting. I think um, so. part of it is, is seeing what's unspoken right? Correct. And being able to understand that. And, um, and I, that's interesting. It's so almost allowing them to save face when you, when they're not, when they can't say it themselves. I think that's yeah. almost like a relationship, a piece of advice that works <laughs> everywhere, right? Is right. Hey, if someone can't get there, but you know where they're trying to go, help well, them get there with grace. Think of your employees. If you have right. employees, um, they, what I find is most employees want to do their best job. They want to do what's best for the company. They want to do what's best for you. Uh, in turn, they want to define their purpose. And we tend to be very negative. It's just, you know, look at our, look at our politics, look at our news, everything. Uh, people are used to hearing the negative side of things, not the positive side. Of things. Right. Part of what, you know, part of the process of changing this is while we're holding people accountable and following through, we're also recognizing positive behavior and focusing on that instead of focusing on what people do wrong and what we need to correct there. Because we can always yeah. find plenty of things wrong. It's very sure. hard to the things that are going right. I've always been much more of a reward-based, positive reinforcement yes. type of a person. <laughs> um, I think, and I think there's enough research there that I'm stunned people, more people don't lean that way. Like, um, well, after a hundred yeah. years of industrial revolution with cracking the whip versus, yeah. you know, again, recognizing positive behavior, uh, that's still very difficult to change, especially yeah. in the Midwest. We got a lot of Germans and Europeans and, you know, they're very, very proud cultures that right. turn, you know, love or fear leadership, support. right? What is exactly. it? It's the, uh, the carrot or the stick. Uh, <laughs> Usually um, it was a bigger stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, that's interesting. I think, um, it's neat that you've been able to pivot a few times and build this and, and that you're able to come in and make massive impact in people's businesses. And as you mentioned, one of the reasons that we build businesses or the main reason really is to create the lifestyle or create the opportunities that we want. What is one major thing on Dan Paulson's bucket list that you want to accomplish in the next 12 months? Uh, the next 12 months for me. Well, uh, there's a couple things going on. So first of all, it's, uh, launching, uh, launching what I do to a larger audience. Uh, awesome. Right now there is, but one of me, um, we do have a few more people that, that are coming online, but uh, it's a relatively small crew here. So I can only work with so many companies right now. Sure. And typically that price point is significantly higher. Um, you know, when, when you, when you have to do things on a microscopic scale, right. Uh, we've been working over the past couple of years to develop materials so that I can work with group groups of people to help them in what they're trying to do with their businesses. And we've figured out a formula where they can get one-on-one -on -one coaching and then work with a peer group kind of as a mastermind to help build Very cool. uh, the skills they, 
that they need to. So that's one thing that we're working on and uh, we're, we'll be launching that pretty soon. Another thing that I'm hoping to get launched by the end of this year is an app. Uh, so we're, we're actually taking, uh, again, the concepts that I'm, that I've developed over the years and we're applying it to an application. So the idea is to help successful people surround themselves with people that have very similar interests or goals and utilize that peer resource to reinforce getting things done because we all need somebody to talk to. We all need somebody to work with. We all need to be held accountable. Well, there really aren't good tools out there right now to do that in a, in a small group setting. But if mm -hmm. you could build your own board of directors, what would that do for you? How would that change your business? Right. Um, so the application will provide a tool to help entrepreneurs build their own board of directors, bring people in that fulfill, again, needs and talents that this person might not have, which in turn you'll be reciprocating by sharing your needs and talents with somebody else. Um, so we're hoping to launch that by fall or spring of this year. So it's like a community garden for uh, exactly. successful entrepreneurs. <laughs> you got it. You got awesome. It. Well, that is awesome. Uh, people, if you want to check out Dan, you can find him at envisionbusinessdevelopment.com. Um, and I think they can also look for your book, Apples to Apples, uh, there or uh, on Amazon. But check out Dan Paulson. And Dan, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks now, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, everybody, go out and do something. Thank you for listening to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with Tyler Jorgensen. Please make sure to subscribe so you're first to hear new interviews and episodes. If you found this podcast to be valuable, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to visit our online dojo at bizninja.com to claim your reward for listening to the show.